Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. The Mercer Report uh, will come to an end tonight with the final episode. Joining us to talk about that is, of course, the one and only Rick Mercer. Rick, welcome back to CHML. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I know that you're doing the rounds, talking to people all over the country right now. I, I got to ask you though, just based on some of the stuff I've seen on social media right now, it's, they're almost like a love end. You gonna, any second thoughts? You're going to make a return to this and say, "Wait, I was only kidding." I've had so many second thoughts. I can't tell you. From the moment I I announced it, you know, when I announced it a year ago, not because I believe in the long goodbyes, but because there's been so many people have worked on this show since day one. That's 15 years for a lot, especially the young people. That's their entire professional career. They, they needed to know this was happening, and they needed to make plans and find another gig and stuff. But, yeah, I've had tons of second doubts. This was your baby, though. It's got to be tough to, to walk away from this after 15 years. It, it is, and... One of the factors was I realized I could do this, well, not forever, but it could keep going on. Like I always, in TV, you figure best case scenario is six or seven years. That's best case. That is the lifespan of a show. So everything past that was uncharted territory. And I just always told myself, as long as I like doing it, as long as people keep watching, we'll keep doing it. And none of, you know, those factors didn't change. The audience was there. I, I was loving it still. But I realized that, it would just keep going, and I would go to a point where I couldn't do anything else. And I guess I want to try some other things, but it's frightening. Well, is is this the same kind of mindset you had when you left uh, this hour? Because, uh, I mean, you were one of the original cast members of that show, uh, and, and a lot of people were surprised that you were going to leave the show, but it, it, it spun off into the Mercer Report, so good things can happen from decisions like that. Well, sure. I, I have been here before in the sense that I left what I considered the best job ever, and it was probably a bit more of a gamble back then because there was no guarantee that, that the Mercer Report would work, of course, and it has worked. Now I guess the stakes are not as high. I could probably even do something completely absurd, like go and do some theater. But uh, Not that I'm doing that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I've been here before, and I think it's a good thing. I'm certainly not retiring. I just don't know what I'm going to do next. Hey, listen, I don't discount that theater thing. I saw you in Republic of Doyle a couple of years ago as the mayor, uh, and I, right. I, I'm surprised there wasn't a Gemini there, but, you know, I guess, you know, something else came up. <laughs> it's all politics. It's all politics. <laughs> I think, obviously, that's it. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about tonight. I want to get back to the show in a second. Uh, yeah, One-hour special tonight, we should tell our folks, and it's going to be kind of a, a best of how, after 15 years and that body of work, how do you select stuff for what this, this show? Well... I think we came up with a really good solution because it's not like the best of, so it's not like the entire Rick Hansen segment, say, which would be six or seven minutes. What we've done is we've gone in and we've created these themes, and, and it, it represents, I'm so proud of the show because it represents everything that I love about the show and also every, everything that I think uh, made the show a success. So, you know, the landscape is a superstar in the show. It, there's so much beautiful stuff of the country, and seeing it all in one hour is tremendous. Also, just regular people, because that was a backbone of this show. It wasn't always about rock stars and politicians. A lot of regular people that I would go with on the job, or I would I would talk to at their, their communities, and, and, and they would come across looking great and funny. Like, the best of that, and it's, and it's wonderful. Then we have a special... Paralympic segment, which I just think is fantastic because it's one of the nice things that happened to me on the show. Like I, I discovered these worlds that I was aware of, but I wasn't 
uh, I, I I didn't know as well as I felt people. I didn't know as well as I I should have, and I got to introduce them to the rest of the country. Like you know, I had the sledge hockey team on our show, and I didn't know how it would play because it was like you know, it's all these paraplegics doing hockey, and it turned out to be this fantastic piece. And as a result, we ended up having seventy Paralympians on over the fifteen years. So. That was a whole relationship that developed because of the show, a whole world that I got to know because of the show. So that's in there. Then there's all the stunts, all the crazy stunts, the, you know, the flipping of the cars, the, the demolition derbies, the jumping out of airplanes, all that stuff is in there. And then lots of great comedy sketches that I'm really proud of. I, I'm hoping, and I'm, I guess you don't want to let trade secrets out, I hope that you do that parody of the Holiday Inn commercial in the, in the hotel room from a few years ago. You know where all the I guys. Remember could, that one. That was one of my favorites. Watch. One of my favorites, and and the the, the way that the take that you get it on was just hilarious. Uh, so I, well, we're going to be watching tonight anyway. So that's going to be great. Uh, let me let me ask you about one of the key parts of the show, and because I love the travelogue thing. I mean, you actually exposed us to so many things going on in this country that many of us weren't aware about about dog sled races or about these other competitions uh, that you took part in. Uh, but uh, just like Hockey Night in Canada is a great show unto itself, but Coach's Corner is a is is a hallmark for so many people. So were the rants. How did that come about? Was that part of the original idea for the show? Uh, the only thing the CBC said when we went to them with this idea for the show was, will there be a rant? And uh, we said, of course there'll be a rant. And then they never asked a single question after that. And so there's been a rant in every episode, and it's been the, the greatest privilege of my life because, you know, we all have opinions, and certainly people get to call into a show like yours or people get to go on social media. Uh, but to, to have a platform for your opinion every week is uh it's a huge honor and also it changed over the years like they were always i always tried to be funny i don't know if i always succeeded but funny or they were on subject matters that you know that lent themselves to being funny or outraged and there's a lot to be outraged about of course but then occasionally there were rants that weren't funny at all because they were about what i was thinking about that week or what the entire country was thinking about well like the the one you did on bullying i think stands out yeah, and that was that was as a result of a terrible tragedy where a young man took his own life, and everyone in the country was kind of thinking about it. It was a uh, it was a game changer, I think, in that whole discussion around bullying. I think if I was doing a regular show this week, I don't know how I would uh, get through the entire regular show without acknowledging in some way the tragedy that's happening in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and and. That's a unique thing for a comedy show because most comedy shows and my comedy show 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, no, no, there will be no mention of that because it's just too terrible. and You can't talk about something like that in a comedy show. But the rant enabled me to do that, and uh, for that I'll always be very grateful. Well, because you know, there's, uh, there's a, a, a characterization of Rick Mercer as a guy who's got a, a social conscious, and, but you're also funny. I mean, you're right. I mean, some comedians are just famous for one-liners, and they could not tackle something like that because they wouldn't have that credibility to to do that, but but it was uh, it, when something was going on in this country, the the, the call always was. Well, I got to see what Rick's going to say about that on Tuesday night because you, you you had that latitude and you had that respect for the Canadian public. Well, th- I do believe I had a lot of latitude, and I think part of it is you don't go into it and say, "Well, I need to come up with a joke about it," because certain subjects you just never. There's not going to be a joke, and it's not a subject matter that can be dealt with lightly. But sometimes those subject matters still have to be discussed. Obviously, they have to be discussed. And I I was very grateful that the show enabled me to do that 
and also do a pratfall and also travel to Nunavut and do all those things that I love. But, you know, the show was very much a celebration of Canada and everything about Canada. And, you know, it's one thing to be have one speed only. Everything is great. But sometimes, like this week, everything is not great. And everyone in the country is actually feeling broken and sad. And that is something that needs to be acknowledged. Political satire is not new in this country, certainly, Rick. Uh, guys like David Broadfoot and Don Heron as Charlie Farquharson and, and, well, the Air Force and so many others. But, but you took a different act and, and tack to this uh, with the Mercer Report. Uh, we we kind of take for granted watching things like The Daily Show and John Oliver and others about these news uh, satire shows. But, but you really broke new ground on that. There was nobody else doing that back then. When we started, it was not only was it was also in prime time. So there was always political satire, and there's a tradition of it. But this was in prime time, so that was a new thing. But the look when we started 22 minutes, the look freaked people out because a lot of people in news, CTV, CBC, Global, all of them, a lot of them were very upset. They were like, "You can't have a show that looks like a news show because people will turn it on. They'll think it's a news show. There's nothing to indicate it's not. And you all you all look like news anchors, and then you throw the news footage." Like, you can't do that. And, of course, now everyone does it. But at the time, it was, it was groundbreaking, and it was exciting. It's all evolved. You know, there was a time when I loved nothing more than having a politician on the show and, uh, uh, you know, uh, showing that they were accessible, showing that they were, uh, you know, they were just like you or I. And then I reached a point where I was like, okay, I've done that. I have no more interest in that. I think that point has been made. And then I went back to talking about them and not with them anymore. So the show has evolved, as has satire, as has society, I guess. Is there anything, I wanted to ask you what you're most proud of in that body of work over the last 15 years from, from a show context. Uh, any one feature that stands out? We started out... In comedy, uh, you you have one instinct, your first instinct, and almost every comedian has this, is to tear down and destroy, to make fun of. And that's because, you, you know, your first real laughs come when you, at the expense of the teacher, and your, you know, your, your classmates are like, that's killer. Then you do the vice principal, and then you're a superstar. But when we started the show, the notion was, from day one, that we were going to be counterintuitive. We were not, if, if we were going to Thunder Bay, it was because it was the greatest place on earth. And we actually, we actually had an expression around the office, we don't crap on Thunder Bay. That's what, we go there, we celebrate it. And that was the notion going in. Sure, the show changed over the years, evolved over the years, but that's something we stayed true to. And when we put this special together... Everywhere we went, I was just so proud. Over 500 different locations. Everywhere we went, I, I, my motivation, to use an actory term, was, look at me. I've just landed in the greatest place on earth. Let's take a look. And, and that's remained consistent. One of the other things I know you're very proud of, and uh, it's something that really evolved uh, from, I guess, just one little thing that just seemed to spread and, and just go crazy, almost viral, was the, uh, the Spread the Net program. That's been a great success. We just, you know, spread the net, buys anti-malaria bed nets, and we challenged students, you know, a decade ago to buy bed nets, and uh, it's just kept going and growing. And this past season, well, just last week, we did the spread the net episode, we always end on, and we hit the two million mark. So students in the country went out, did the heavy lifting, raised two million bucks for spread the net. That's, that's, that's a lot of lives saved. As you move on on this, uh, after this episode tonight, uh, the, I guess the big question a lot of Canadians are asking is, who fills that void? Uh, where's the next Rick Mercer going to come from? 
I have no idea, but I'm sure he or she is out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Newfoundland. Dance on my grave. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm gonna say Newfoundland. That's where some of the great comedic uh, talents in this country seem to come from. You know what? I was looking at a, a young guy from Newfoundland last night. Someone sent me a clip and said, "Have you seen this guy?" And I was like, "No." And I was. I was laughing to kill myself, and I was laughing to kill myself, and I said, where can I see him? And they said, he just sold out three nights with Holy Heart, and that's a big room. So he's coming. Uh, there's so much we want to talk about, but I, I just want to remind people, tune in tonight, 8 o'clock, it's a one-hour special, uh, the last episode of the Mercer Report. Rick, uh, thanks not just for today, but thanks for the last 15 years of entertaining, informing us, and uh, making us think, which is one of the things that I think all of us uh, in this business uh, would be proud of. Uh, you, you created a national dialogue on some very key issues, and, and, and that's going to be part of your legacy. Well, thanks so much, and thanks for all the support over the years. I've always enjoyed talking to you, and uh, we'll do it again. You betcha. Thanks again, Rick. Rick Mercer, Bye-bye. the uh, Mercer Report, final episode tonight at 8 o'clock on CBC. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.